Well, guys, today we are talking about uh, a really important subject for the life of the church planter and the church planting couple. We're going to talk today about the importance of community in the life of the planting couple. Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planting journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Welcome to another episode of We Are Sin Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham, the lead pastor of August Gate in St. Louis, joined again with the Hottie Lewis, the lead pastor of Blueprint in Atlanta, Georgia, and Hayden Ratner, the senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome, brothers. Good to see you. What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Here we go. Back at it. We Are Sin Network. Man, a, another year, another chance for us to dive deeper into what God is doing all across our network to help planters level up, to go to the next place in the life of their plant. Uh, we want to add this? value. Can I say yeah. this? Feliz Navidad. And let me just say, mm. part of my word, my word, um, one of my words for the New Year's is for me learning Spanish. So I'm coming out right now, letting everyone know that I am trying officially to be conversational in Spanish. I'm jumping in. Feliz Navidad. Como estas? What's up, my good people? Oh, so that, he said that's good, but that is, and that's Merry Christmas. Is Merry, Feliz Navidad is Merry Christmas. Oh, Feliz Año. <laughs> Feliz Año. You see, that's what I'm saying. I'm learning. But this is the, this is the, this is the reason. Guess what? This is, the, this is the reason why the beginning of the year versus the end of the year. Feliz Año. That's right. Right? That's it. Feliz hey, I'm, I'm ready for it, Dahari. I heard you say that by SBC this summer, you're going to be bringing a message in Spanish. I am. Uh, I'm praying for you, interceding on your behalf. Uh, that's a big, that's a big, big accomplishment, man. I'm, I'm right. excited for that. I'm putting myself out there so that the people can know. So if you are listening to this podcast, We Are Sin Network, I'm inviting you to accountability. Hold me accountable. Be with me. We're better together. Encourage your brother. Let's get it. Oh, it's so good. Amen. So good. Well, guys, today we are talking about uh, a really important subject for the life of the church planter and the church planting couple. We're going to talk today about the importance of community in the life of the planting couple. Hayden, let's get started right here. Is community important for the life of the church planter and the church planting spouse? Yes, a big old yes, all caps, Y-E-S, or a big old C. The hottie, right? Yes. Um, yeah, yes, it is. Um, and, and here's why. Let me go ahead and start. This might sound obvious, but if it was important for Jesus, come mm -hmm. on, it's got to be important for church planters all around the Send Network and everywhere. I find a Christ in the New Testament in all four Gospels, the first thing he does in his public ministry is start a small group, right? He, he, he calls disciples to... <clears throat> to walk with. And so um, these are regular, ordinary people. They're fishermen, they're zealots, they're tax collectors. It's a, it's a multicultural, uh, multi-sinful group. And Jesus says, I want to jump right into it and I want to model what I expect my disciples to do. And so, yeah, I, I think that it's essential for the church planter, the church planting spouse, church planting team members, pastors to engage in community. I, want, I once heard 
Dr. Dahadi Lewis himself say it like this. He said, we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. And so I've, I've found that if I want to have community in our church and see other people connecting in community, engaging in groups, really going deeper in community, I need to ask, am I doing that first? I'm, I'm going to reproduce ultimately what I'm doing myself. And so, <clears throat> yes, it's big, it's big important, but it's important that I'm engaging myself and I'm modeling it because I need it. And also I want to see others do it. So that, that's where I'm, I'm leaning in right today. So it's absolutely essential for the life of the planter and the planting couple for all kinds of reasons we're gonna get into. But you just mentioned, you're only gonna reproduce who you are, what you're right. living out. And so I would love for each of us to share, what are the models of community that you're living in right now that maybe exist in your church, outside of your church? Uh, Dahadi, let's start with you, man. Where are you finding community these days? Well, I mean, there's lots of different <clears throat> philosophies and thoughts about it. But when I think about me specifically um, in, me, in the life of my family, like. I'm getting community from the neighborhood in which I pastor and, and from the leaders in which I pastor with and, and with the, my city group in which I do life with here in the city. Like, you know, I, I think intersection, not addition. You know, when I think about this, um, the, I, this idea, and, if I, and I see and I would affirm what Pastor Hyden said, is just like, man, community is super important for us, especially in the midst of all of what's going on, 2020, all these things. So we've had families who've quarantined together, who've all been connected, like in there and said, like, let's get it, let's meet, let's connect, and to do that. And so, like, I have a group of, a group of guys that every Thursday we get together, we call it, you know, our DNA group. We get it in, we talk, and, you know, we say things like, hey, I just need a place where I don't have to worry, I don't have to be on, I don't have to go in, right. and, I, and I have to worry about saying the right thing, doing the, you know, but I can just be like real, be transparent, be vulnerable. And I think that that's critical is that oftentimes we say we need to have transparency, but I was like, no, nah, I need a place that I can be vulnerable because transparency yeah. is I'm gonna share some things with you, but I'm not gonna give you anything that can hurt me. Vulnerability wow. says I'm gonna share things with you and those things that I'm sharing with you can actually hurt me. And if you're not vulnerable with some people, then you don't have a place where you both belong and matter. And so I have a group of guys that I'm texting almost every day that we're sharing life with, we're doing things. And a lot of them are people who are in my church, in my neighborhood. Um, and that's just kind of how, you know, how I go about getting my, my community and establishing family where I am. That's good. But you, Hyden, what are some of the models of community you're walking in these days? I know for us in our church, we, I, I'm, I'm big on branding, and um, I think sometimes there's Christianese that seem boring to me, like the phrase small group, I just, it, to me, just like the phrase quiet time, it doesn't, I don't know, it just makes me feel some type of way. Um, <clears throat> so I just said, okay, when, when it comes to groups, we want to be a church that's made up of groups. We don't want to be a church that just has groups or tag groups on, but when we planted our church, we wanted to start with a, 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 a small group that multiplied itself. And so anyways, when I said what we want people to do is plug into the group and then get filled up and ultimately get charged up. So we call our groups charge groups. And the, it's the idea, plug into the group, get charged up. You're, you're, we're all kind of like these walking smartphones, if you would, that everything in culture is zapping us of energy, of life in so many ways. What's gonna fill us back up? It's gonna be in community. And again, Jesus modeled this. We see it modeled in the Trinity. And so um, anyways, yeah, we call them charge groups and we try to encourage people if they really wanna go deeper in their walk with Jesus, it's not gonna happen by yourself. There's no such thing as solo Lone Ranger Christianity. 
Um, you got to get plugged in if you want to get charged up. And so, yeah, charge groups are happening in our church. We do them on semester basis. So we're getting ready to start our next winter semester of charge group that's going to lead up to the spring. We usually go 12 weeks on, four weeks off, 12 weeks on, four weeks off. So we'll, we'll take off a little bit in the summer, then jump back in, and then we'll also take off around Christmas time. And those, the, the reason behind the start and stops are because we, we really fa- have found value in on-ramps to groups and off-ramps. So we found that some, sometimes people feel like it's overwhelming to have to commit, like, am I going to have to go to this group for the rest of my life? Is there ever going to be a healthy moment to say, okay, I might try a different group, or maybe I might want to facilitate my own group. And so, yeah, we go for a season, we take a quick break, we let the facilitators uh, just kind of take a breath and really identify if they want to lead another group and uh, then we just go right back into it so that's kind of how it works for us at walk church we have a small group model but we call them charge groups and those are typically from three to twelve we, we no, like to hide do yeah. you are you a, you and your wife are you guys a part of those charge groups mm-hmm well we since we've started we've we've always facilitated a group um, we feel like we we have that on us. We, we could be a part of one, but we just felt like, you know what, we want to facilitate a group. And we have like a free market vibe to our groups where um, there's all, all types. So a lady came up this past Sunday and said, I want to lead a crafting group where I want to get older ladies in our church. We're going to craft and knit stuff and make stuff. And then we're going to talk about the word. Another girl came up this past week because we just we tried to pitch freedom. And she said, I want to do a cookie exchange group. Our group has been typically more for new people to our church. New people are coming, multicultural slash co-ed. Our house is open. We are a kid-friendly group. Just know there's going to be a lot of noise. It's going to be crazy, but we're still going to get it in. That's how our group has existed. In this season, which uh, something that's been unique is we've moved our group online. So it's been a Zoom group, um, but it's still existed, and we're still leaning in on the Zoom as best we can as well. So that's how it's, how it's operated for us. Good. And in yeah. 11 years of church planting, um, we've had so many different models of groups in our church. We've had, uh, we called them gospel communities for a while because they weren't really small groups. They were 30 people. And yeah. so we couldn't call them that. It felt disingenuous. And then uh, gospel communities were super large and we had kids as a part of them. And what we're finding is especially young moms weren't seeing discipleship actual happening in their lives. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't accessible and actual. And so we that we got to do something different. So we went to mostly single gender based, smaller groups called knots. The play on words means a tightly knit group of people where discipleship happens intentionally. And so um, it's on those nights, hey, dads, you're, you're hanging with the kids. So mom can go to her knot or it's during the day and they're meeting at a park so the kids can play. Whatever it, it takes, we want discipleship to be happening and relationship to be happening all kinds of challenges, but we have those. But I'll also add to this, I found it specifically for myself, the necessity of needing friendships outside of my church where I'm not known as Pastor Noah. Where, wow. where as Dahadi said, like I can just be known and I'm not always on. Uh, it was for years, it's been the awkward thing because I do most of the preaching in my church and we do sermon-based questions in our small groups that when they answer questions, everybody turns and looks at me to give the answer, even if somebody's asked the question. And so, sometimes being able to be in a place where you're not always on. So I have a couple of text threads that I'm a part of. One is there's five guys here in St. Louis that are Send Network planters. It's just called Brotherhood, the title of the text thread. And we talk about anything and everything. 
And when pandemic's not happening, uh, we get together about every two weeks in person at the, the basement of one of our churches, and we just, we have it out. We talk about everything. We laugh, we cry, we, we act frustrated. We do everything we need to do. We actually got together just last week, and uh, we talked about all the craziness going on in the world. And there's white guys and black guys, guys in the urban context, guys in the suburban context, and it's just a really good cross-section of St. Louis. It's been helpful to my soul. And they got another text thread uh, of guys who are just into uh, to fitness. And so all we talk about is Jesus and working out. And now, not a lot of people wouldn't want to be in that. They want to be in that cookie exchange group that you got at charge groups over right. at, uh, at Walk. But uh, I got to stay away from the cookie exchange group, so I'm in the fitness yeah. text thread. But, nice. but it, it helps me to find a place where I'm known and I can just be myself and I can be poured into. Um, and that leads to another question I want to put in front of you guys. This is helpful. I think a lot of planters, they come to a point, they're growing their church, they're a part of community because they're developing it themselves. And they get to a point where community starts to get hard for themselves specifically. Maybe it's a, a growth barrier in the church. Maybe it's a relationship barrier in the church. But it begins to get difficult. There's obstacles. What are some of the obstacles you found for community, for the planter or the planting spouse, and how can those be overcome? Yeah, well, let me let me kind of start by going back a little bit before kind of we jump into this the other one. There's two things that like I don't want to miss it because I think you really hit it. Um, Noah, when you talk about the idea of intentional, right? Being intentional and intentionally developing, both in your own life and the life of like making sure that you're intentionally putting yourself in community and around that, like you're intentionally with the text threads to get in together, like that's that's tailor made to helping you and like and others and spur one another on to love and good deeds. But the other thing that I don't want to want people to miss is something that you said about single moms or even just moms in general. Um, you know, whenever you have children around, oftentimes the people who suffer the most are the moms. Dads, we have this unique gift to be able to, to ignore our children and to still grow and to learn and all that. But oftentimes it's the moms that can't focus, that can't be concentrated if the only environments that they're in are environments when they're children. And I think that's really critical for us to make sure that we're doing it. And so like for our city groups, and when we talk about that, we tell our city groups, hey, you guys, let's pony up. Like if we can't find someone to watch the children and to disciple our children, you know, like there need to be certain times. There are times when all of us are together, but there are certain times that we got to make sure that the kids are, that we're not just kind of getting rid of them, but that they're being developed. Because if they're just, you know, giving them busy work, the moms are still thinking about them. But they, if, they're, if right. moms know that their kids are growing and being, yeah. they're loving it, then that gives them the ability to, to be connected. So when we're talking about, you know, whether it's the, you know, planter or their spouses and their wives, it's really important that we are very intentional about creating environments for everybody so that they can be present. So I just really wanted to kind of speak into that, you know, because I think that, that I've seen it this year over over the years. So I went on so long, I forgot what the, the next question was, but no, yeah. You segued right into it, man. We're talking about challenges. Like what are some of yeah. the challenges uh, that planters and planter spouses find when it comes to yeah. engaging in community and how do we help them overcome that? Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, go, go ahead, Dahadi. No, go yeah. ahead, bro. Yeah, I, I was gonna just say, you know, a challenge for, for me recently that I've been trying to do a better job. I know we're only a, a handful of days, a few weeks into this year, but one of my goals for this year is to really do more one-on-one -on -one meetings with brothers in our church. I, I, I started to hear this theme from different people in my church. I'm gonna just be transparent. 
uh, where I was hearing some just a little bit of disgruntling from some of our, our family members that were saying, hey, you know, I love seeing you, Pastor Hyden, in groups. We do, we, we'll go out to lunch maybe or, or, or dinners with a group. It's, it's, it's all good. But like we've actually, in our several years of existence, have never actually spent time just me and you together where it, it, we could just have one-on-one brotherhood fellowship. And I'm like, hold up, I see you every Sunday and every Wednesday and at our prayer gatherings and at our different leader nights and our dream team stuff. And I'm re- I realized, you know what, we, we really never have. But I've realized as I've been trying to do this lately, one-on-one is, is deep. I, and I typically like to, if I'm about to meet up with somebody, I'm like, hey, let's add, let's get a few other people to join us. But I've been trying to discipline myself to not do that, even telling other people, hey, I'm just going to go, just me and this person. And to ask meaningful questions and grow deeper in community, I feel like relationships are strengthening, for me at least in this season, in the, the one-on-one. My wife Nina does that great. She's like, hey, I can't add another person. Um, but I've always challenged by that and so that's something for me recently is to one hear that rebuke in a way like how can we never connect and then say you know what? okay well let me let me start connecting better and because again I want to model what I want to see other people do in the life of our church yeah you kick it over to yeah. Dottie to Hadi on no that's really that's really good I, I, I'm sitting here reflecting and thinking that's really really good and for an even encouraging challenge for me as a whole I, I think one of the challenges that we have, uh, that I have here, is I think our people are just getting complacent with the ability to gather online. So at our church, we have not still gathered. We're like, we don't gather collectively. Mm. Like we are, at one of our campuses, we are gathering, but like our main campus, Blueprint Church in the Fourth Ward, we are not gathering. And I think there's sometimes we can get complacent we're just doing things online and forsaking the assembling, right? And I think it's important because none of us, I don't think anybody would say, man, you know, this person listens to YouTube for 30 minutes a week, you know, back in, you know, like pre-pandemic and say, that's, that's good for them and they're growing. But for some reason now, it's become an acceptable thing. So on one end, I understand that like we want to maintain safety. We want to do that, but we can't use that as an excuse to not fulfill the biblical principle of not forsaking the assembly. So the question becomes is, is that even if we're not gathering on a Sunday for a Sunday gathering, like we still need to figure out ways to one another and to be intent, you know, intentional about one another and not thinking that the replacement of a YouTube channel or a Facebook post you know, where you're getting words from a pastor or a preacher is enough. And so I just really want to encourage, you you know, my own soul in that way, but also encourage the souls of my members that like, hey, this is a discipline. If never before, it is really one now to not forsake the assembling, but to continue to spur one another on, you know, to literally um, encourage or irritate one another to love and good deeds. You know, because I think, man, we're starting to sense a, a bit of spiritual apathy. And, you know, and like for me, I'm trying to run back to my church because I need my black members in my congregation and my white members and my Latino members to get back. And man, we as a church and as pastors, I think we need to really take heed to that. And the one challenge I would say uh, that's most helpful for me to, to engage with is it's twofold. It's got two ditches on it. As a lead pastor and a, a planter's wife, what you're going to end up finding is a lot of people are attracted to you and drawn to you and want to be in a group with you. 
and you have to you have to make sure they don't fall in the ditch of hoarding everybody, hoarding all the best leaders. But you can also yeah. fall in the ditch on the other side, where you're in community with somebody, and every time you see them have a little bit of gifting, you begin to send them out to start another group. And before you know it, you actually have had no long-term community because you're creating it for everybody else. And, and you become relationally anemic, and you need that. And so when you're anemic, my wife deals with some anemia, and whenever she's feeling anemic, we have to go, I take her out and I get her a big steak, and she eats that and she starts to feel better. You may need to take a season where you gra grab some people in your church that you're close with and you have easy community and say, you're gonna be in our small group for the next six right. months. We're gonna dive in, we're gonna spend community intentionally so that we're both charged up. I love the way that you use that word, Hayden, and so we can be sent out to then lead. Uh, there was a whole session of our small groups where all of our pastors, we were in a small group together, pastors and pastor's wife. We just said, hey, we're gonna do this. We need it in order to lead together in unity. And so I'd say fight for that, uh, fight for that. And then hey, just one last thing uh, I wanna encourage planters in is do whatever you can to make sure your wife has community. Good. I know about you guys, but I'm, I'm in conversations all day long. I'm talking to people. Uh, a lot of times our wives are either working outside of the home or they're working inside of the home and they're not around relationship all day long. We come home, we're relationshiped out and they need it. And so fight for your wife to have a movie night with some friends, to go out and have coffee, to spend some time on a back porch if you're social distancing, to have some of that time. Fight for it for your wife um, so that she can be healthy. Hey, any, any last things you guys would like to add before we close up here talking about the importance of community? I would just add as we close is this reminder that you as the church planter slash church planter spouse, the, the, the lead team members, that, and this is a reminder that I need to preach to my heart often, is that you reserve the right to be a part of your community. Like I know for me, I, I'm not just the lead planter of Walk Church, I'm also a member of Walk Church. I tithe, I give, I'm in this thing. I reserve the right to be prayed for too, right? I reserve the right to be, to, to confess and to be able to struggle and to be able to get a call of encouragement. Like, and so, I, I, again, if I'm just, if I'm isolating myself, like it says in Proverbs 18, it says the person who isolates themselves seeks their own desire. It's a, it's a selfish desire to isolate. Mm -hmm. um, I, then I'm gonna model this thing that I'm separate or I'm detached from the community. But more and more, I'll find myself in groups and I'll just confess something, share something. And people are like, did the pastor just say that? Yeah, I, I, I'm a part of this group. <laughs> I expect you guys to look at me and say, man, we're going we're gonna to pray for you and walk with you and encourage you. And then what I've found is more people are then saying, okay, I can be real in this space. And so church planner, you can be real in whatever context you're in. And it might feel uncomfortable. It might feel raw. It might feel like, whoa, was that, was that too much? Sometimes too much is, is a good place to, to lead people into, to develop a culture where transparency exists. So that's, good. That's, a, that's a final thought from my end. We'd love to yeah. hear a final thought from you guys. Yeah, I would just, just kind of add and take what you said and kind of put some categories on it. Um, yes, sir. You know, what you just said anecdotally and what I think is 100% true. Pastors, cup planning couples, you know, what, we've, what we're saying to you is one, you got to make sure that you are finding and creating environments that, you're, that you are being pastored. You got to make sure you're finding and creating spaces where you're pastoring your leaders. Yeah. You got to find and create spaces 
where you're pastoring your people and you got to find and create spaces where people are pastoring one another. They're, they're caring. And I just think that it is really important as you think about your community, you're thinking about it holistically and making sure that no one is going overlooked. That's good. Hey, I've heard it said this way, you don't find community by looking for it, you find it by building it. The planters, planting couples, get out there, build that community, reproduce who you are, and we're gonna see healthy multiplying churches all across North America, everywhere for everyone. Hey, thank you for joining us for another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. We would invite you to subscribe to the podcast, share it on social media. Let's spread the word. Let's get this thing going. Let's get more and more planting couples aided by what we can put forth in this. If you want to know more information about planting with the Send Network, you can text the words Send Network to 888-123. That's two words, Send Network to 888-123, or check us out at sendnetwork.com. Until next time. We are Send Network. So, adios, amigos, amigas. Yes, Feliz Año Nuevo. There it is. You have been listening to We Are Send Network, a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.